This certainly was unexpected, but you know what it what it done is it it's allowed me to reflect on what we have in Milwaukee as a city and and play baseball in and uh, you know what I what I said to the group is we've lost Craig but Craig has lost us. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. All right, let's get it on. 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank talk and text line. Old National Bank, get old. I will hear from you. You can call, you can text. I don't know how much of that we're going to get through, but feel like for this hour of the morning we should have our bloodletting. It's not... Not that you haven't had an opportunity to sound off at this point on the Craig Council News, but it was an absolute stunner. At this point, I continue to reject calls to hear from Joe Vitrano, who was in almost immediately. I've seen that on the text line. What's your old man got to say about this? And also continue to reject that this is in any way my fault due to our weekly interviews with now former Brewers manager Craig Council. That's been suggested on the text line as well. (laughs) You don't like it here? Good luck in Chicago. (laughs) Right? With that media, they're yours. So you were stunned. You were surprised. You had no idea this was coming. That's your reaction, right? Did I characterize that correctly if you're listening to the show? Same thing here. Apparently that was shared by the team's principal owner as well, Mark Antanasio. I said, are you messing with me? (laughs) Was that messing with me? And uh, that was that. That was that. So, the winningest manager in Brewers baseball history, Craig Council, not only leaving the team but ditching for our arch rival Chicago Cubs. That made it that that changed the lens. Had he left for the Mets because we got outbid, or had he taken a taken a job somewhere else for some other reason, or if it were just about the money, okay, we can explore those possibilities. But the fact that it was the Cubs, and the fact that according to Antanasio, uh, the Brewers did not have an opportunity to counter. As I said, he chose he chose to to go, and that certainly was his uh, within his right. Important point as we dive through this this morning. You know, haven't heard from Council. Might not until he's announced officially next week with the Cubs. But according to Atanasio, who did not confirm details of the Cubs deal, but widely reported at forty million dollars guaranteed over five years, that the Brewers were not given an opportunity to contemplate matching that. Not that they would have necessarily. But that Craig took the deal and told the Brewers, all right, y'all, um, Bye. we're done here. And I'm going to the Cubs. Peace. Nobody saw it coming. And you know what does it say about our organization? What does it say about Craig Council? A lot of talk on which hurt more, Brett Favre to the Vikings or Craig Council to the Cubs. I suggested earlier that for me, it was Council to the Vikings, or it was Favre to the Vikings because I saw spite in that maneuver that it was very clear that he wanted to stick it to the Packers. But then others have suggested maybe that's exactly what's at play here. Didn't feel like he had the tools to win. Yeah, it was more money, but didn't feel like the organization was committed to to winning. And council hasn't said that, but people are reading between the lines. So maybe a little bit of stick in the eye there as well. Maybe. I mean, why do you leave a job? 50% of the time it's to do with the management, right? Okay. You don't like who you're working with? We don't know. 
if that's the case, and so here's here's where I am this morning, my various stages of grief. If that's the case, if he left, if he left for the money, I could live with that. I would debate whether or not that was wise or whether or not that's something that perhaps I would have done. A few dollars more here, a few dollars more there. And granted, what was the difference between whatever the brewers offered? And we don't have the exact particulars, but let's say it was in the neighborhood of over the five years, somewhere between 10 and $20 million. That's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, okay, people can debate whether or not that would have been worth it. But if it's about more than that, then I guess that worries me about the future of my team, especially at the point that we are right now and what it says about ownership. At one point yesterday, I was fully in the, man, they made a run at this guy. They gave him, they would have made him the highest paid manager in Major League Baseball. They bested the Mets offer from everything that you heard. So it wasn't like we weren't in the game. It wasn't like we were saying, well, geez, we can't compete, I guess. Greg's gonna go. Like They brought to him a good, solid offer. And we're not given an opportunity to match even the next best offer. So in that regard, I was kind of with the Brewers on this. Like, okay, what are we supposed to do? Guy's going. But why is that then? And that's what worries me and concerns me. Why is that? Why did he want to go somewhere else? Now, this is... This is a question from a non-sports expert here, but is, okay, but you're but you love Milwaukee. I do. And you want I love things Milwaukee. I love the Brewers. Here. I do. Does does he think the Cubs are better? Are the Cubs better? And in a better position to win a championship, and is that ultimately what it's about? You said before, people leave jobs all the time. I left a job that I actually really liked. Now I didn't go over to Channel Twelve and right. walk into my boss and say, "Yo, dog, you'll see me on the news next door next week." I mean, this was on the up and up, and everybody was. You know, we still work closely with TMJ Four and and all that, but it was that was hard for me to approach the bosses that were still largely happy with the, the work that I was doing and to walk in there and say, "Like, I have this other opportunity. Is there a way that we can get this worked out where it works okay?" So, sure, I empathize with somebody who wants to change the scenery or do something different. It's just, this is the same job at somewhere else. And our arch rival, that's what stings the most. So, did we do enough? And what does it say about the future of baseball in Milwaukee? You know, not for nothing, but if I were a state senator right now and I wanted to make some noise as they begin debating the stadium deal, here's and I'm not saying that this is what I believe, but here's what I would say if I were that state senator who didn't want to see the stadium deal go through, who didn't want to see taxpayers on the hook for $400-plus million in American Family Field. I would get up there on the Senate floor today and make all sorts of noise and say, if we have a team in Milwaukee whose ownership can't even afford to keep the hometown guy at the helm, why are we supposed to pony up hundreds of millions of dollars to keep them here for the next 27 years? I'm not saying I agree with that, but if I were that senator, that's the speech I would give. And that I don't know that I have a counter for that. Outside of the particulars of AmFam is taxpayer-owned and all the other things, I'm on board with that. We need to do it. Deal that's out there, struck by the legislature, fine with it. Go ahead, get it passed, get it done. But what is the future? Are we not capable of winning a championship? Also, I would also add, Mark Atanasio did invest a whole bunch of money in a soccer team overseas. Couldn't we have spent that few million more for Craig or do whatever it was going to take? To keep Craig happy, if I were that guy, I would suggest that. If I were the flip side, my reason for optimism this morning is Craig Council, and I'll play the bite for you from Atanasio. Craig Council left us, walked out the door, didn't just leave Milwaukee, didn't just leave the Brewers, left his guys in that clubhouse. 
Guys that are signed on contracts, guys that were coming up, guys that he worked with, guys who had faith in him, he left them too. And the community. And the community to go to the arch rival and try each day, every day to beat those guys and to win a championship and to take that out from under them. If I were those guys in that room, yeah, maybe I'd look up to management and say, oh, you're not helping Craig, you're not whatever. I'd also look across the street and say, hey, man, why'd you leave me? Why'd you leave us? We were building something here. We could have been champions together. You, you walked out on us. And Mark Atanasio said as much as we go to break. I want your, com- want your comments and thoughts next. 855-616-1620. Old National Bank. Get old. 855-616-1620. I'll leave you with these thoughts from Mark Atanasio. Everybody hurts sometimes. This, this certainly was unexpected. But, you know, what, it, what it's done is it, it's allowed me to reflect on what we have in Milwaukee at the city and and play baseball in and uh, you know what I what I said to the group is we've lost Craig but Craig has lost us and our community also you could, you could call it a lose-lose right I think it's very very special to be part of this community Wisconsin's Morning News, 855-616-1620 is the Old National Bank. Talk and text line. We'll gladly hear from some of you. Mark Antanasio, the Brewers' principal owner, taking a lot of heat on the text line. Antanasio could have used his soccer money to help pay for some of this. Mark Antanasio doesn't care much about Milwaukee. Mark Antanasio doesn't really care about Milwaukee. Multiple things about that. Let me defend him in this way as well. And again, I I think there's blame there. But Atanasio also isn't a billionaire. These guys uh, who own the Cubs, Skillet family, they're like multiple family members, I think all of whom may be billionaires in their own right. That was like TD Ameritrade is that family. That's different level money of Mark Atanasio, who is rich. There are a lot richer people. Guy who owns the Mets, I can't remember what his business is. But again, billionaire a couple times over. So that's not our owner. Our owner is not at that same level. Also, our market isn't at that same level. The Brewers can't generate revenue in the same way that other clubs do. There's a disparity in baseball until they put a salary cap in place, which they'll never do because the players' union won't allow it. Um, There's going to continue to be that disparity in baseball. So I I defend Atanasio uh, to that degree. That said, could he not invest a little bit more money in the team? I think he could. 855-616-1620. Let's have Pat get us started here on Wisconsin's Morning News. Morning, Pat. Good morning. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I was uh, the Craig Council situation has actually given me a much greater appreciation for uh, Bob Euchre. You know, he was Mr. Baseball. He could have gone anywhere, but he stayed in Milwaukee. And I'm just grateful he never went to the Cubs to replace Harry Carey. And I'm wondering what he thinks <laughs> yeah. about the Craig Council move. Uh, Pat, I appreciate that, and that's a great call to lead us off. I- indeed, Euchre has continued to choose us. And continue to stay here. He's a baseball Hall of Famer and could have done this job anywhere and has continued to do it where his heart is. In terms of hearing from you, like I'll just tell you a little inside baseball here, pun intended. 
Duke is is really guarded about his offseason time. We obviously have a relationship with him here at WTMJ as he's the voice of the Brewers and we are the Brewers' flagship. So various overtures have been made, but Duke's pretty guarded about his time and the things that he comes comes out and talks about in the offseason. So those asks and those conversations are are ongoing. Would love to hear from Duke as well. Let me bring in uh, Bob on the old National Bank Talk and Text Line. Morning, Bob. Good to talk to you. Good morning, Vinny, Eric, and Debbie. I, you know, I, I have to preface what I'm about to say by telling you, as you already know, I'm not a Packer fan, and I'm not a Brewer fan, and I'm not a Cubs fan. I just don't understand, and perhaps you could clear this up for me, why this has been reduced to such a personal level. Uh, Major League Baseball is a business, uh, and Craig Council happens to be in that business. And I, I just, I, I, you know, vandalizing signs with his name on it. Come on, please look in the mirror. Uh, Bob, you asked a great question here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop you off here and, and give you the answer to that question. I think he asks a good one. What? And he identifies himself as kind of like outside looking in here. What is with you people? Why is it all so personal? I think there's no question that Milwaukee has a little bit of an inferiority complex when it comes to bigger cities. I know that I'm born and raised here. I feel that all the time. Like it's it's the little brother syndrome being right next door to Chicago and Chicago in particular, you know. And so we, speaking for myself here, but for everybody, I think we just take our sports and things like this more seriously. And to his point about rising signs and whatever, I mean, like, come on. When this is all said and done, can one day Craig Council, uh, you know, come back hopefully and you know things. Things get better with time, maybe. Okay, we'll see how it all plays out. But his question, I think we we do take things more more personally, particularly when it's someone, a hometown guy, leaving us. We take it personally. And we are a passionate fan base when it comes to all of our sports teams. There is that. We love our sports teams. Right. There's a little bit of what else we got. <laughs> I mean, and not to be insulting to our own, Wisconsin's the greatest state in the union. I love it with all my heart. Never lived anywhere else. Don't plan on it. Never say never, but you know what I mean? So, again, but also there's a, this is, this helps define us who we are. And you can, from the outside looking in, saying you people are nuts, you know, there's. You might little, be a little of that. <laughs> right. There's a little of that too. And, and we wear it well. Uh, one more here. Alan Oak Creek with us this morning. Morning, Al. Morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, the speculation is, is that uh, Council's uh, agent had, or had accepted um, bids from Washington, New York, the Cubs, and the Brewers. And the agent had also supposedly indicated, give us your best bid. We're not going to come back with a counter and say, can you match it? Um, I think that's what ended up happening here. Uh, We got outbid. And the other thing to take into consideration is, remember the Cubs, play half their games there, and that's only 90 miles for council to still come, you know, to his home in, in uh, Wisconsin. So something to think about. Yeah, Al, appreciate that in terms of, right, whether or not any of those other offers would have been more attractive, even if the money had been there, uh, to have him further from home with his two high school-age daughters, you know, still around, and his kids, you know, wanted to spend time with the kids and the family and being close enough. Surely that helped Chicago in its bid as well. But... It is what it is, as uh, as Mark Atanasio said. That was that.
and Craig Council's gone. And so now the start for the search for a new manager, we're not very far along for that because Atanasio said, look, we've been fully focused on keeping the guy that we wanted. This was the guy that we wanted. There was no, nothing changed on that, so they've been focused on that. Some of the names reading on the list, I, said, I mentioned it sounds like Major League. Some of these guys, you know, this guy here never had a prime. This guy here is dead. I didn't even recognize some of the names on the list that might be the manager of our ball club, but that is in the future. 8.32 on Wisconsin's Morning News. 8.41 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Wishing the Chief of Police a speedy recovery this morning. The irony of ironies. Uh, Chief was hit by, he was in an SUV after a news conference on reckless driving was wrapping up and his SUV was hit by a dump truck. The Milwaukee mayor, Cavalier Johnson, calling it the traffic crash that injured the chief was cruelly coincidental in that it took place immediately following our news conference on reckless driving. So wishing the chief uh, a speedy recovery. He is expected to be okay, but was taken by an ambulance to the hospital. I want to get right to the break here quickly because we have Karen Travers joining us live from the White House this morning. We'll get up to speed on the latest on the war in the Middle East and U.S. reaction here at home. That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. on Wisconsin's Morning News. We'll mention this morning prosecutors are going to begin presenting their case against former Milwaukee police officer Michael Mattioli. He is accused of killing 25-year-old Joel Acevedo while off-duty at a party in his home spring of 2020. Opening statements yesterday. Jury was seated first, then opening statements. So the thing is moving along, and that trial is set to resume later this morning. Also this morning, war in the Middle East rages. It continues to divide people here at home. Protests that devolved into vandalism in Washington over the weekend and no immediate end to Israel's response to the terrorist attack on its people now nearly a month ago. I want to bring in ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers in Washington this morning to walk us through some of this. She's live with us on the Tri-County Contracting Hotline. Karen, I know your time is super valuable in the morning. Appreciate it. Um, can I start with this? The latest in mm-hmm. diplomacy as the White House walks this this tightrope here of supporting mm-hmm. Israel but also claim uh, calls for more humanitarian aid to civilians in Gaza. The new term floating yeah. around out there today is tactical pauses. What is that? Yeah, this was the first time we heard this yesterday from the national security spokesman John Kirby, who briefed reporters and said that when the president spoke yesterday with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, they discussed tactical pauses, basically brief pauses in the Israeli attacks on Gaza in order to do three things that the administration is pushing for. One, to allow civilians to get to safer locations in Gaza, whether that's moving from north to south or just getting somewhere more safe. Two, to allow more humanitarian assistance to get where it needs to go. It's a big, big focus for the White House. And three, of course, to allow for the potential release of hostages that Hamas is holding right now. And yesterday, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu did an interview with ABC's David Muir, and he spoke about those tactical pauses and said that that is something that they have done before. He said, you know, an hour here, an hour there, we have let up in order to achieve those things. But Netanyahu was very clear. A general ceasefire is not happening, in his view. He said that that is not going to happen while there are still hostages held by Hamas. And that's an important thing for him to lay down because the administration has also agreed that a ceasefire right now would only benefit Hamas, but they continue to push for these temporary pauses in the violence in order to achieve those key goals that would benefit civilians in Gaza. 
Talking with ABC News White House correspondent Karen Traffers live with us this morning. Karen, were you around Washington as this massive protest surrounded uh, the mm-hmm. White House? Uh, t- talk us through what happened there and, yeah. and, and ultimately what that says about the tide here at home. Yeah, I I wasn't at the White House on Saturday. My colleagues were there that day, and it was quite something to see, I mean, tens of thousands of people who marched from one part of Washington down to the park right in front of the White House, Lafayette Park. And the, uh, you know, aftermath of that protest still visible yesterday. Uh, There's graffiti on some of the signs and statues in Lafayette Park, those iconic statues. There are red handprints that yesterday were on some of the gates and walls where we walk into the White House as reporters. The Park Service was putting drapery up to cover up the work that was being done to power wash that. So, I mean, it was quite incredible to see some of the vandalism that was done in the park. But for the White House, you know, they're kind of getting back to your first question about that fine line they're walking in terms of expressing support for Israel and also trying to express an understanding of what some of these protesters have been calling for and the need for protection of civilians in Gaza. It's been quite something to hear the president try to talk about both of those things at the same time. Uh, we'll hear from him later today, not on this, but maybe a chance for him to take some questions about what was happening right outside his door over the weekend. Well, and then, of course, as he seeks re-election, and you have another presidential debate on the GOP mm-hmm. side tomorrow, where surely this will yeah. be an important topic. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, this is the White House that says, like, we're not going to engage in politics. They're very careful to not talk about uh, what's happening in election politics from the White House podium. But the president himself doesn't have to abide by those same restrictions, the Hatch Act, as it's called. And when we've asked him before if he's paying attention to the debates, he's kind of made jokes about it. But clearly he has tuned into some of these before. And I think when you see right now with some of the poll numbers we've seen in the last couple of days, which are showing really tough numbers for the president and his reelection campaign, uh, there is anxiety among uh, campaign officials, among Democrats broadly about how this issue is going to play across the country and how this is going to impact uh, the president's numbers going forward. And one more thing on that, since you brought up the polls, Mm -hmm. and we're here in a battleground state of Wisconsin. And as people look at the polls, many of these are national polls. But as we know, it's mm-hmm. it's not a general election vote across the country. It's not a popular mm-hmm. vote. The, the presidency is won state by state by state. And Absolutely. in many of these battleground states, including here in Wisconsin, former President Trump leads in those polls. We're a year out from the election today. Yeah, and the, the president's campaign, uh, when asked about those polls over the weekend, we had one poll that showed three quarters of the country feel that the country's heading on the wrong track. Uh, you had those New York Times state polls that showed former President Donald Trump leading in several of those critical battleground states that President Biden won in 2020. The Biden campaign response to that is polls a year out will look a lot different in a year. That you know, essentially saying in due time, this is one year out. Uh, and is, there's a lot that can happen and a lot that can change and a lot that they will be doing over the next year because he's not really in campaign mode yet. You know, they're not out there with him doing events. Democrats aren't out there doing big mobilizing events. That said, there are a lot of Democrats, like I say, who are anxious right now about these polls. And while the campaign will say we're not going to fret over one poll, there are a lot of Democrats in this town who are doing plenty of fretting on their behalf. Karen Travers, ABC News White House correspondent from the White House this morning. Thanks, Karen. Have a great day. And of course, ultimately, the only poll that matters, November 5th, 2024. 8.50 on Wisconsin's Morning News.
WTMJ W277CV and WKTI HD2 Milwaukee from the Annex Wealth Management Studios. This is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. WTMJ forecast sponsored by Dave Dre Camp Heating, where your comfort is their family's tradition. High of 50 degrees today under mostly cloudy skies. How about yesterday? Oof, that was okay. Mostly cloudy tonight, chance of showers, maybe an isolated storm and a low down to 45. Wednesday showers likely high of 52, 46 right now in Milwaukee. WTMJ Steve Scafidi is back in this house. Where'd you zip off to, Vegas? Sin City, Las Vegas. All right, yes. good. And I had a great time. Saw Bill Maher at the MGM Grand. He was uh, funny and equal opportunity destroyer. I've seen Bill Maher. I, yeah. you know, Politics. Right. I, I like I like his presentation because he'll make fun of this side and make mm-hmm. fun of that side. And either way, I'm laughing. That's my thing with political humor that I think has gone so wrong over the last four to five years is, okay, you can make fun of the team that I support or a candidate that I support, but don't just be mean and belligerent. Be funny. And he was funny. Matter of fact, a couple that was sitting in front of us, they they were offended by his bashing of Donald Trump, former President Donald Trump. They booed first, then they walked out. Well, and the tickets weren't cheap. They were probably like at least one hundred fifty bucks. Like you just you spent ten minutes, and if he would have stuck around ten more minutes, he was blowing up all the woke culture. And <laughs> Everybody all that else nuts. you wanted to hear, get yeah. Blown so you, up, right? you would have okay. been cheering him if you'd yeah. been more patient. But yeah, we had fun. The weather was fantastic. High seventies, sunny. Won a little money. Always good. Wow, if you leave you leave Vegas up, you've done a, done a good job. Yes, and um, the crowds were nice. They got the big race coming up, the F1 race, so the traffic is a nightmare. Couldn't get anywhere fast, but frankly, I didn't have a schedule that I needed to stick to. Oh, so all good. Just kind of enjoyed myself. I'm ready to talk some politics. We're going to talk some brewers, because when I left, we had a manager, sort of, <laughs> and then everything hit the fan yesterday. What's that about? Craig Council. Chasing the money? Michelle said her That's husband didn't question. believe her. No, yeah, I got the alert on my phone, and I told my husband, and he's like, no, no, that must be a spoof. And then he starts arguing with me, and I'm like, I'm j- I just got the alert. I, I don't know. Who's blaming you for the news? Yes. What's that about? Come on, dude. <laughs> so we're going to we'll explore it. Brandon Snide's going to stick around. We're going to talk a little Brewers, and, and what, what does this mean for the franchise? <laughs> Brandon's, just so you know, yeah. Brandon's not in a good spot on this. No, I, I was just <laughs> no. chatting to a little bit off, off, off of the <laughs> mic here. He's really struggling. Sad. Yeah. Well, we should be. Okay. Craig was a good manager. I'm not, I'm not going to blow up Craig. He's chasing right. the money. And to the idiots who um, defaced the, the sign in, in White Fish Bay, come on. What, what are you doing? Don't be stupid. They said it was a three-letter slur. I saw what it was. So it begins with A, a and ends, and with, ends with S. Yes, yes, yes. Someone suggested it might have been fib. <laughs> <laughs> but alas, it was not. Mm. 